Geekly Yoked is a proud member of the Crossover Nexus. To find more blogs and podcasts about the intersection of faith and pop culture, check out crossovernexus.com. Tell them Bilbo sent you. So many ways to say I love you in different languages across the land. You haven't heard them all, so I'll tell you as only a true geek can. Hello and welcome to Geekly Yoked, the world's best married Christian geek podcast. As always, I'm Lehman Kessler. I'm Rachel Kessler. That's Mother Rachel Kessler. I am a priest here in the Episcopal Church, let's just call it that. There we go. We're working on it. There we go. And chaplain at Kenyon College. And I'm a stay-at-home dad and H.P. Lovecraft impersonator, and I'm a huge dork. Yep. We have oh, a, with a oh. PhD in medieval literature, which makes me a giant nerd. I've been, like, you, like shell, not, selling myself short in well, my you, introduction. Well, you've been, you've been so, like, focused on your sort of bizarre pseudo-status and, and whatnot. It's true. It's true. But yes, your, your medievalism should never be, be drowned no. out. We have a third host with us tonight. Do we have a third host for Our this? third host is TV's Tyler Perry. <laughs> if you hear something in the background, occasional cheering or Trisha Yearwood, that's going to be because while we uh, uh, talk about tonight's theme, uh, we're going to be also uh, checking in from time to time on the Fox live stream of The Passion. Is this is this hate watching? I don't. I, I don't, don't usually do hate watching. I don't know if it's a hate watching as much as as whimsical, as, whimsical, ironic detachment, train wreck watching. Okay. I don't, we'll see. We'll see what it looks like. So far, it's, it's looking pretty pretty classy. Uh, but the classy, classy sure. with like shimmery, flowing robes and like crowds of people like cheering for the passion of Christ as if they are at a rock concert. Well, I think they're they're cheering for the for the performers or, or I know or but possibly like, for Tyler Perry. This is very strange. This is very strange. But this is what got me uh, uh, thinking about our, our theme. Uh, so for those who are unaware or who do not watch Hulu, which occasionally will run like Fox ads. Well, no, it's mostly because the things that we watch on Hulu tend to be things that are from Fox. Oh, right. Sleepy Hollow and Lucifer. And Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, right. Wow, we really are only watching Fox We things. really are only watching Fox things on Hulu. Okay, well, that, 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 that will don't speak know what, to something. I don't know what that says about our viewing habits. I guess we're their demo? Their target demo? Sad, or something? overly educated 30-something nerds? I guess so. Who want to watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine? And Lucifer. Um, so I still enjoy Lucifer. I can't. I can't help it. In in, in the apparently, I guess the run up to Easter, uh, Fox decided to air. A it's Holy Week. I at least give them credit for like doing this on Palm Sunday, which is an appropriate time for recounting the Passion. That's true. That is true. That I, uh, I give them liturgical props. We we recounted the Passion earlier today in church. We did. So there we go. I I, I step back. But Fox is having Tyler Perry host this live musical. Uh, pop extravaganza. Yeah, they're like taking like pop music, pop rock songs, and applying them to the gospel narrative. So like these are actually. I just yawned into the microphone. I'm sorry. It's Holy Week, guys. So these are actual like pre-existing pop songs that are going to be doing the narrative of Jesus. I, I think so. I, I they keep they keep showing um the. I know Trisha Yearwood is going to be playing Mary, the Mother of God. Yes. Okay. That is yes. That is the thing that will be happening. Oh, Jesus is on a streetcar right now, singing singing to people. 
Because that's the other thing. This is all like taking place through the streets of of the New streets Orleans. of New Orleans. Yeah. Which again, it's it, there's an interesting there's some interesting Jesus, stuff going Jesus on. Jesus looks very earnest. That yes, there we go. There we have Jesus. Now we're gonna. I think we need to turn off for just a second because we need to figure out if Jesus is a tenor. It's hard to tell. Yes, Jesus. Jesus is 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 got some sort of tenor going sort of on? tenor thing going on. Uh, Do you have a theory that Jesus should never be a tenor? I don't have a theory, and I checked in because I had heard this years ago from what I thought was, and he confirmed it, is Jack. Okay. So Jack had a theory. I think when they were studying— Jack being your best friend from high school. My best friend from high school, uh, and now a uh, a barista, head barista, manager of a coffee shop in Minneapolis, St. Paul, home of Prince. All right. Uh, But Jack, I think when he was—when they were either studying— Brahms, or who, who's done some big, like, Jesus-y singing operas or musical what-have-yous? Handel? Oh, maybe that was it. Maybe it was Handel's Messiah. Okay. Um, and, was, and noted how in operas and in sort of, you know, classic music, Jesus is almost always a baritone or bass. Mm. But in, the, in, in adaptations, musical adaptations nowadays, specifically I think he was thinking uh, Jesus Christ Superstar and Godspell, Jesus is a tenor. Okay. And there's something about a tenor that doesn't quite grab the gravitas of a Christ mm. figure, right? Like, it makes him, I guess, more sympathetic or youthful sounding. Right. But, and we'll get to it, it, it does potentially lead to whininess. Whiny Jesus as in Jesus Christ Superstar? Yes. So, so, what, so let's, I think I might have derailed us from the actual topic at hand. So could you just reiterate what... This vague, strange topic. So I wanted to talk about depictions of Jesus, depictions of <laughs> other, you know, famous biblical stories or narratives in in film, in television. We, we touched on this uh, somewhat when we were looking at adaptations in um, over on the, the crossover Nexus a while back. But because it's Holy Week and it we have this, this backdrop of the passion going on. Um, I wanted to talk about this and talk about because, you know. Well, I think it's also that in seeing ads for this, we both had a fairly visceral reaction. Yes. Against it. <laughs> that is that is true. It just, um, it, it's either that... because we're just incredibly judgmental people, <laughs> which is possibly true. And also maybe because there was something that just didn't twig is totally. Just kind of, well, it's, it's, it's a, I think we're all, both of us a little suspicious of kind of. Uh, national religion. Yeah. And, oh, very and, much so. And Christianity as as a state religion. Yes. And so when you have the passion narrative on, you know, Fox with, you know, a giant cross being carried well, through the streets. Well, I think there's, there's one of two things happens, right? Either you're presuming that everyone in our society adheres to the idea that Christ is the Messiah and the Son of God and and died for our sins and and rose again. Yes. Or you are just watering down the story to be a generic tale of forgiveness and a great person who... You, you you water it down to nothingness that everyone can sure, yeah. accept, right? Yeah. And I kind of have the sense that that's where this is going. Not okay. so much that it, or or maybe that is what happens with state religion and um, nationalized Christianity is that it does get watered down into this thing that is ultimately devoid of its real meaning. Well, we'll find out and we'll see sort of, well, actually, 
We're not going to find out because we're not going to watch all two hours of this and live blog all two I, hours of I, this. <laughs> I don't have that in me, uh, But we'll sort of, you know, catch, catch the beginning. Ooh, we've got evil, bald, but kind of greasy facial hair, Judas. And they cut to a priest kind of looking forlorn <laughs> at, priest, at civilization. The priest looked like I was feeling. Oh, and there's Seal. I can't remember. I think Seal is possibly going to be Pilot. I think Seal is going to be Pontius Pilot. Is he going to be kissed by the rose? I was kind of like, does Seal still like, is Seal, Seal still culturally relevant? At some point, will he say that we all need to go a little bit crazy? <laughs> how much How much Batman, uh, oh, was it Batman and Robin or Batman Forever? That was the one that had the big seal song in it. The one with Val I Kilmer. Really sh- oh, hey, there's Trisha Yearwood. Um, the one with Val Kilmer was Batman Forever. I think so. George Clooney was Batman and Robin. There we go. Okay, so C- yeah, Seal was, that was the, the, the big musical thing to come out of. I remember that. I think that's the only song from Seal that I can name. <laughs> so, uh... Tales of Jesus. So yeah, so I I didn't necessarily grow up with a huge amount of like adaptations of, of Jesus. There was there were certainly some movies that would show up from time to time in the I mission field. I had to watch the greatest story ever told like every year on Easter. Okay, so so greatest story. I, I assume I have seen greatest story. Ever I'm told. sure you have. Is that the one with all the white people? I can only <laughs> assume as well that yes, it is the one with all the white people. Okay. I we don't do research for this podcast. Whatevs. Um. But I remember personal experience. I remember we when I was on like a clergy Lenten day several years ago for our deanery. Um, we were the the theme of the the clergy day was preaching Easter, and I remember being shown the resurrection scene from the greatest story ever told, and it was just like this actually might factor into my sermon on Sunday. Oh, okay, but it was just like. This, it was just so overblown and Jesus coming out of the tomb and like lights shining and it was just very, it was all very clean cut and it was all very Mm. safe and it was all very like, again, it's just, this is the greatest story ever told and it just, I don't know, it's sanitized, right? Yeah. Well, yes, I think there's definitely a lot of sanitizing that takes place Um, because I remember... There was some Jesus-y movie that I watched, which at some point had, like, Herod being stuck in a riot or Herod, like, running mm. into Jesus and the disciples and being, like, th- almost getting stoned by them or something. Like, there was some weird, like, altercation, which didn't okay. sound biblical to me. Right. Uh, I don't know if that's the Zaffirelli. Because Zaffirelli did a Jesus movie, didn't he? He did. Okay. I imagine it would have been better. You know what? One of the things that I think is really fascinating. Sorry, this is a total tangent, but this is how we do here at Geekly yes. Yoked. You knew what you were in for. Um... One of the things that's really fascinating is if you go back and watch the Franco Zeffirelli Romeo and Juliet, um, and it's so, like, there's so much effort put into so many of the costumes and the sets and, like, just elaborate, just elaborate, uh, elaborate costumes and set design and production design, right? Until you go into the churches, and then it's just, like, these incredibly, um... Sorry, can we pause this? But yeah, if you actually then go into the churches in the, in that movie, there's all this like really like post-Vatican II um, avant-garde art and depictions of Jesus and crosses and stuff that's clearly not like Renaissance Italian. Oh, I see. <laughs> um, but it's it's very interesting that that is where 
Zeffirelli's like piety. You can see that that like in the moment when Romeo and Juliet are being married, or in whenever anything actually sacramental was happening, there is this like authenticity to Zeffirelli's portrayal of the religion. I need to point out now that we've so we we're back to Jesus. Jesus is in a coffee shop with a disciple, and he just did the you know who who do you say that I am. And Peter called him Messiah. It just—I I turned on closed captioning, and it just the line was "Good for you, Peter." Wow! <laughs> you I can't it. deal. I can't deal. Why are we watching this? It's great. Okay, we're wonderful. And so, okay. I, yes, I assume Zeffirelli did uh, a Jesus story. I think he did. Okay, and so because yeah, the stuff I grew up with, I grew up uh, again, not even grew up with, but was was exposed to or aware of Godspell because I did it in high school. And and even though we had the LP for Jesus Christ Superstar, I don't think we ever I ever listened to it. I listened to a lot of LPs growing up. Before we get into Jesus Christ Superstar or Godspell, yes. I want to mention a good Jesus story. Oh, okay. Movie. Ben Hur. Oh, right. Now that is something I watched a fair amount of. Yeah, but it was like that is it, Charlton Heston notwithstanding. That is a like really powerful tale of Jesus's yeah life in in a way right so let's let's try to parse this because we think about we think about Ben Hur and everyone knows that it's like this great um, redemption story and this this and it's it's a Ben Hur a tale of the Christ why even with all of Charlton Heston's cheesy acting and um veiled homoerotic tension between him and Marcellus that they didn't tell Charleston Heston about, which is <laughs> hilarious. Um what what makes it a a helpful Well it has a touch of mystery to it, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus is there, but he's not the focus right. and he he like there is a profound intersection mm-hmm. that's that's certainly highlighted, but I don't know how dwelt on. It's been a long time since I've seen Ben Hur, but it doesn't feel dwelt upon in the same sort of way. And it seems I don't know, like it's just it's this this moment that you understand is powerful, but it's not overly explained or overly right. And well, and and I think that's what works, right? I think when we talk about these attempts to make these really earnest like depictions of Jesus's life, or these really earnest depictions of the Passion somehow they fall flat because I don't think that's what the actual point of the Gospels is. And somehow something like Ben-Hur works because it is basically the story of this this Judah Ben-Hur who has encounters with Christ. Yeah. And so you are able to see the impact of Christ's ministry through the eyes of this man ending at the crucifixion. And I think there's like a glimmer. I have, it's been a long time since I've seen Ben Hur, but I think there's a glimmer of the resurrection. Oh, at the end. okay. Um, and so it it works because yeah, it is mystery, and it's it's not about seeing the facts of the story presented, but understanding the the truth of it. Yes. Right. Yeah. No, definitely. And I think that 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 is a useful way of 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 allowing uh, Christ to. Oh, I don't even know how to how to put it but like to to not necessarily dictate you know everything doesn't have to necessarily be strictly christian allegory everything doesn't have to just you know be this very christ heavy thing but it informs yeah and it informs a reality in an interesting way it's like how we talk about like shows we watch 
And can you infer grace from mm-hmm. them, right? Can you infer that this is a world of grace or this yeah. is a world of redemption? Like right now, I am watching Daredevil, the new season of Daredevil. Yeah. And the early conflict, the early like, you know, major question uh, and fight between Daredevil and the Punisher, who are not only both working to do good and are both trying to, you know, right wrongs, but the Punisher kills people and Daredevil doesn't. Right. And Daredevil says, but you kill the good. There is good in everyone, mm. and you are killing that good. And where is the role of hope in what wow. you do? And Punisher's like, there is no hope. You just, we just have to do. Wow. We just have to do this, and this is what you know. This is what is right, and there's right and wrong. No hope, which is a really <laughs> okay dire uh, sort of ethos. But that's the whole point. So, so yeah, that question of grace, that question of does hope permeate something. So I guess on that note, you actually, I have never seen The Passion of the Christ. Oh, right. You have seen it. I I don't know why. I think I just never quite wanted to put myself in that emotional space to watch The Passion of the Christ. Yeah. And then Mel Gibson went off like the total crazy wagon and I just decided it wasn't really worth it. Well, yeah, there was definitely. So so, so what's your take on that? There was a lot of buildup going into it. And I remember reading, seeing a lot of back and forth and there were people like saying this is going to be really offensive you know, film and, you know, Mel Brook, it's going to come out of Mel Gibson's, uh, you know, father's theology, which I think was some sort of bizarre variant of Catholicism that still was very anti-Semitic and, and had yeah a, a lot of issues. So people were worried about that. And and then other people were, were arguing that no one should be speaking Latin. They should all be speaking Greek. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that was the thing. Like, everyone was like, it was going to be in Latin and Aramaic. And they're like, everyone would just be speaking Greek. <laughs> um. And I saw it, and it was a it was a very personal film. Like I, I'm glad I saw it. It had a a, a very emotional impact. I don't know how you could watch it objectively. I'm sure right. there's a way to watch it objectively, but it it really, I don't know. It just it was very it, it was hard to watch at times, but also not. I mean, because you, you sort of know what's going on, um, and and the 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 violence of it. I guess you could say it, it veers into torture porn or it becomes somewhat exploitative. But it's again, it's 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 so hard to to really pin down. I mean, I remember when I think Tom saw it and talked about how it was just a very Catholic film. It's just mm. like, you know, everything about it is just very Catholic and it was, you know, informed by, you know, that that the importance of viscerality and physicality and it's not just this kind of, you know, Christ is not some headspace we enter into. There is right. a physical reality to it and by showing you blood and sweat and viscera even if it's like weird cg whipping and things like that the the movie makes that impossible to deny that that physicality um but again i i i I do not believe you can fully dissociate art from artist (laughs) and um just as you can't get rid of you know racism from lovecraft or problematic sexuality in the works of um uh, polanski I, I don't. I don't. I yeah. don't think you can pull. You know, especially what we've seen in the in the public breakdowns and and issues coming out of Mel Gibson. I, I don't think you can really dissociate it. Um, and I think it is, uh, if not inexorably ruined by sort of what's been exposed about him. It certainly colors your perception. Uh, and specifically, the sort of the anti-Semitic rants and things like that. Right? Like you have to be very, 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 very careful about. Um, that kind of territory when you're when you're talking about this story because it is a difficult story um that is that is really the oh is this the next jesus movie is this the next god is not dead too sorry there's a trailer 
and with Sabrina the Teenage Witch, who's super like in evil. Yep, it's God is not dead too. Called it. There's a two. That's right. You can't bring this meme down. It looks like God's on trial. Oh, and it's coming out April first. <laughs> Wait, and it's actually getting theatrical release. Well, it just said it was at something called PureFlix.com, which sounds oh, like a Christian Netflix. Okay. They are definitely advertising it during the Passion, so I guess that makes sense. Yes, and there's no there's no uh, Hercules this time. Okay. Oh, don't you love room. Don't you love it when we live blog things <laughs> for you, viewers, <laughs> listeners? Um, but wow. I but. So yeah, so passion was definitely a hard thing to to really be objective and neutral about, and and going into it, there's going to be I think tons of, uh, tons of problems, you know, just just trying to be neutral about it. You know, Tom was talking about it had the inverse problem of um, the Last Temptation of Christ. Right. You know, it was condemned before folks even saw it. Yeah. You know, from the left as opposed to the right with passion, with uh, Last Temptation. I never saw Last Temptation of Christ. No, I think David I. Bowie is in it. I did see the Gary Oldman Jesus movie, which I had forgotten about until just now. <laughs> Gary Oldman isn't Jesus. <laughs> Gary Oldman is Pilate. The stoner... So he was a stoner in, in Clueless, and he was the, like, weird suicidal, like, brother-in-law on uh six feet under okay and he's he's one of these just dope dopey faced actors okay that could grow a beard or they can plaster a beard on so they had him play jesus right um he was he was he was jesus and it was i think like when was it? i think it came out in 2000 or around 2000 but it had yeah it had gary oldman as pilot and it had the like mean the mean like commandant not the commandant but like the mean like sergeant or captain from the police squad movies as i think wow. josephus or some like historian who was i don't even want to know viewing all this it was really dumb it, 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 jesus was like a goofy frat okay, guy doing... but did you ever see the G- the john the gospel of john movie with desmond from lost in oh jesus? i didn't I didn't either. Oh, okay. I, that was really, <laughs> sorry, that was really anticlimactic. The 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 only thing I can remember from from this Jesus movie, a is Jesus being a carpenter, which is you know, uh, arguable. Uh, Jesus being really like dopey and like like giving I think high fives to like the the apostles or like being pranky. It was weird. He was it was a very joyful Jesus, which I appreciated. Um, so maybe the point of this is that like. It's hard to do... Jesus is currently at a catering van getting some sort of I assume hoagie. this this hoagie is going to be the Last oh. Supper. I can't even... Oh, loaves and... I can't deal. I can't... I He's, don't know that I can watch this He literally this got five loaves and two fishes from, from, from a catering van. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, I was thinking about how, in light of all of this, one of the best things I've seen is there's a guy who does a one-man show of the Gospel of Mark. Oh, Okay. That it's like, it ends up being, because the Gospel of Mark's very short, and it ends up being like 90 minutes long. Oh, okay. And it's just like he's a one-man show narrating the Gospel of Mark. Is it the guy who also is like the voice of Aslan in like everything dealing with like Chronicles of Narnia these days? Okay, anyway, know. go ahead. All I know is that it's actually surprisingly effective. Oh, okay. And it's good. And again, I think it's just because it is what it is. It's the Gospel of Mark, and he's not putting any spin on it. He's not trying to jazz it up. And I think... Maybe the struggle is when we try to jazz up or we try to have Jesus buying loaves and fishes out of a catering We're van. We're literally seeing jazz musicians when you say that. <laughs> you know, and like they're sitting out in a park having loaves and fishes or possibly the Last Supper. I'm not even... Yes, this bread is this my body. This Shabbat is my body. And I... 
I just you're you don't need to do this. There there are ways to make the gospel relevant, but I'm not convinced this is it. Um because you lose in, in trying so hard to make it hip and popular and cool and everyone looks like they are from that uh the the uh uh oh what is it the I'm gonna pop some tags uh vintage store wow. music video. I don't even know. Anyway. Um so it's just it's it's just very thrift store. I, I, like thrift oh, store thrift is store. the song. I think you just end up you end up losing something of the essence of the story because you're paying attention to the the thing rather than the reality that the thing is meant to be pointing towards. Jesus is now singing Creed. No, uh, yes, I think Creed with arms wide open. Is that Creed or Vertical yes. Horizon? Wait, with arms wide open. Is that what he's singing? Yes. Oh, yes, God, he is. I can't. I can't even. I'm just. At least gonna, they. At least they didn't I, have. I am literally going <laughs> under my hoodie. At least they aren't having him sing that on the cross, right? <sighs> At least, maybe. Okay. I'm so, gonna take a, okay, okay. So with that, with that <laughs> said, um, how does how did Jesus Christ Superstar and Godspell fit into this? Because they certainly aren't just straightforward. Like they certainly do something with the story. Yeah. Okay. So so Godspell is this bizarro, like laugh in like thing of the '70s, right? Like it is. Yeah. Like, it, it it I it, I think it still works as a show. I haven't seen it in a long time. I was in it. But, like, even while we were, you know, performing it in 1997 or 8 in, you know, Tennessee High School, you know, there would be these just jokes after joke after joke, and we would stare blankly at our directors. <laughs> and be like, well, you see, in, on Laugh-In, and, like, that would be the explanation. Right. Um, but what holds up is the music. The music holds up really well. Like, it is a lot of it just taken from, you know. Oh, it is with arms wide open. <laughs> I'm going to cry. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just it, the music is jaunty and it's catchy and it's memorable. And it's not it's not trying to do anything. It's not trying to do anything outside of the gospel a lot of the times, I feel. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's just, a lot of it's just, again, taken, you know, word from word. Um and and yeah the departures aren't strong you know turn back old man has the power to it and that that juxtaposes with the sort of clownish silliness buffoonery right. of the rest of the show like if you just heard the music i think you would have a very different view of it well i mean prepare you the way of the lord is really moving well oh god i'm dying yeah like that you know and the whole thing builds up to that the whole thing builds up to oh god i'm dying which then goes into long live God, right? Like right. it has a, a, a resurrection yeah. built into it. Again, you can say whether it's just, oh, it's just the musical. But like it's it's built into it in the way that that's not built in in Jesus Christ Superstar. Jesus Christ Superstar is a very cynical. Well, I mean, that's the thing, right? It is. It's more Judas's story than anyone's, yeah. right? And he's he's kind of a sympathetic character. Well, yeah, he's definitely made into a sympathetic character. He's definitely made into the POV character. And I guess it's a question of how you play out the final song the actual jesus christ superstar this kind of sneering well, it's kind of mocking and mocking and if you if you play it so that you know jesus is being affected by it or jesus is being like if it seems to you know is feeling that sting and therefore and if you don't problematize it and make judas you know yeah. suddenly realize what's going wrong then yeah it's just cynical and it's just kind of you yeah. know this this triumph um, of cynicism, and and the two vi the two versions of Jesus Christ Superstar that I have on DVD, 
uh, the seventies version and the nineties uh, version are very, very different. And they, they do. Well, the nineties version I think is, is even more cynical. Y- yes. Yes. Like, I mean the, the Judas in the nineties one is just, uh, slimy, a slimy New York, like, like, yeah, he's just, I mean, like a like a, a, I think he's a, actually French Canadian, but yeah. But I mean, he has that feel of like a a, a stereotypical New York villain in yeah. a '90s comedy, right? Yeah. Like or gangster or, or gangster or something. or something like that. And he just has that essence to him. And the whole final scene being sung from hell with like the dominatrix yeah. angels, and it's just it's it's jubilant almost. Yeah. Right, and, and whereas I feel like there is this, at least in the in the seventies one that shot in the Holy Land, and everyone was probably really high. Yes, and there is this like, I feel like there's an uncertainty. There is a, it is it is calling into question. It is questioning the certainty of the Orthodox Christian faith. Certainly, in the resurrection, it is it is questioning that. It's it's like it's anti-establishment, anti-authoritarian, yeah. as many things were in the 70s. And so you can see it as like a challenge and a push, but it's it's agnostic, not atheist. And I feel like the 90s one is atheist. Well, the, the 90s one just has a lot going wrong. Well, I mean, the 90s one is just more like Jesus Christ rent, as you like to call yeah, it, right? Very, but it there is, is there's a nihilism, I feel, inherent in the sets and the costumes and the whole production yes. design of then everything is minimalist, everything is bleak. Whereas in the seventies one, there is this, we are here in Jerusalem and we're in costumes and we're acting these parts. And we're like, we're serious about acting out this drama, even as we kind of highlight the fact that it is a drama. Well, and there's I mean, the play. whole like them getting out of the like the van, of, getting and, out of the van yeah. and then packing everything up and getting back into the van. Yeah. But I feel like I, so I feel like it's questioning it and it's pushing against it without um, wholly rejecting it. No, pers- I think that's very true. There's a much more of a and sense there's of a play. seeking there and there's a seeking in Judas, right? You see in Judas. Well, he's pained. He's, he's pained. He's, he, is, right? he is pained, and his suicide is like very, you know, beautifully staged. Yeah, and, you know, with that just that. You know, that wide shot of the desert and the tree, and it's just, it's grim and beautiful and haunting. And the, uh, and the other 90s one, he's just, he's screechy and unpleasant. And they, yeah, they don't, they don't accomplish the same things. Um, the, 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 the priests in the 90s version are absolutely amazing. Rick Mile is amazing. As Herod. As Herod. Um, but, but yeah, no, I mean, the, the 70s... Oh yeah, Rick Mile was way better. Herod is pretty bad. In- <laughs> so, yes. Well, yes. And and yeah, the 70s one is much more play and is much more, uh, you know, leaning into the but sort of But it's play, but I would also say there's a searching in it. There's a, there's an, a, a taking, a taking the story with some degree of seriousness, even while challenging it. Well, I, I, I think it's that, that, that openness to mystery, which, you yeah. know, this, and the 70s are able to explore a lot of different things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a very open-minded uh, uh, spirituality, you know, era. But but yeah, it, it's definitely, it's playing with it and and there's less of an edge to it, which I think helps. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but again, both kind of pale to Godspell because Godspell manages to have that sense of whimsy, have that sense of play, have that like weird... Like it, it, it's it's also super anti-authoritarian and yeah. and you know tweaking all sorts yeah. of noses, um, but there's there's a power to it 
that's really that's you can understand why church I mean, you can understand I, why churches put on Godspell, but probably I wonder not put if on maybe Jesus the essence start. of this is if you trust the story, right? If you if you have a trust in the story, somehow you can do this well. Whereas I feel like what's you know, Jesus Christ Superstar is arguably like cynical, right? Yeah. And the problem, what's what's twigging me about this <laughs> passion is it doesn't seem to really just trust the story. It's like we have to jazz. We have to jazz the story. We have to to make the story relevant in this way that kind of loses the just presenting it and allowing it to be. So I want to touch on, I want to touch on then something that we never saw but we performed in. We did? Yes. This was when we did our reading in our Bible study group. Oh, Dorothy Sayers! That's right. I don't remember enough about it, really, to well, specify. So this was... but I think So Dorothy Sayers wrote a 12-part radio play for the BBC called The Man Born to be King. And it... I mean, as much as I love Dorothy Sayers, I'm the first to say that it does not necessarily stand up. I don't know. I felt that there was a lot to it. I felt that it managed to capture a, okay. a, a fair amount of, of the inherent drama. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about whether or not the, the, the language is the, Well, the language is what I'm mostly thinking yeah. about. But as far as just like the actual sort of storytelling yeah. and, and presenting this information. Well, I think because she does just lay it out, right? Yeah. I feel like she's not trying to oversight. Like, I feel like... You know, I was just seeing the, you know, coming up after the commercial break, Judas faces an unthinkable decision. And I'm like, we don't need to overly psycholo- <laughs> psychologize this story, right? We don't need to. Pre- and I and I do think that what works in The Man Born to be King is she really is just dramatizing the Gospel of John. And it, it she kind of does just allow it. She, she, even as she's trying to update. Is that Sander? Xander in a Hyundai commercial? No. No, that's not Xander. Anyway, <laughs> as much as she's trying to update the language and make it like relevant to sort of Cockney Britain, she is still just like I I, I don't feel like she she was trying to do too much with She the wasn't. And she and I think she was doing what you have to do is you have to figure out what to do about Judas and how to right. make Judas an interesting character. And if you just make him an embezzling Yeah. An embezzling, you know, uh, traitor, then that that's you know that 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 is certainly textual uh, yeah. and and biblical, but uh, as far as narrative goes, that can be that can get a bit <laughs> dicey. And I think yeah. she was she she played up the she, she had him she had him questing too, and like he was also like the zealousy of yeah. him and trying to figure out what was going on. Like I think she humanized him, right? Like he wasn't just this kind of sneering oh yeah sneering villain, um, but he wasn't completely sympathetic or at least wasn't completely you know justified um by uh by by the production so so yeah um outside outside of just straightforward jesus stories um i think a few other examples just to kind of round round things off uh i i only saw the first one at first episode and i really wish uh i could find more of it but the ian mcshane king's series uh you mean not of Gods and prophets, or whatever it is okay, that's no, on not, right now, not Psalm of Thrones. Yeah, <laughs> uh, or so, sorry, Psalm of Ice and Fire. That's yes, what I've been calling yes. It. That, well, that was the other thing that had me thinking yes. about it was that that yeah. show is going on right now. The like again, super epic David story. And okay, I, you can argue that Kings is gimmicky because Kings essentially is taking the story of Saul and David and setting it in a modern day. But gimmicks can be done well, and gimmicks can be done badly. I mean, I think that's what we got to when we were talking about Jesus Christ Superstar versus Godspell. Yes, 
Um, but, but I think what they understood was that if you want to tell the story of David well, you need to tell the story of Saul. And Saul is a fascinating figure. Mm. And Saul is one of these great, you know, Bible figures who is so confusing. Oh, yeah. And But the story is so rich and fraught with drama. You know, here is a man chosen by God to rule a people and then unchosen by God. Yeah. And, you know, sees, you know, sees... His, you know everything being lost to this this usurper, but you still get his perspective on things, right? He's not yeah. just this kind of snarling villain off in the distance. Like you, you, you know, yeah. you still ride along with him. And so, yeah, Kings was was telling the story uh, and had Ian McShane, who's going to be Wednesday uh, in mm. um, American Gods, and you know, uh, was in Dead, uh, Deadwood. You know, like this great actor to lend a humanity to uh, to Saul. I, another. Uh, Another, well, I guess we should. It's a procession based on strength. See, this is my problem. So they're processing across through New Orleans, which I get is actually kind of cool, right? Way of the cross, stations of the cross. There's some palm branches. I can actually get behind this. Like that's, I want to, I want to say this is really good. Um, Like kind of cool to see on national TV. On the other hand, you can't say that it's about, strength the cross is not about strength it's about weakness and like there aren't that this is not a proclamation of the gospel because like you can't showing your yeah well this is where i think we get back into the weird state State religion religion we need to show cannot that cannot grasp the paradox of the cross and the scandal of the cross and the the outpouring of of Christ on the cross. And so um, that's my problem with this sort of thing, right? I, I really actually sympathize with this, this vision of a procession of the cross through the streets of New Orleans. It's really cool. But, like, I don't think it's it's almost worse to do it this way and present a, a warped and, I mean, we could call it heretical version of the gospel instead of the actual well, it would be interesting to see what the the converse of this is because this is yeah. you know we've got this bright white cross that's like you know literally just made of lights glowing yeah. and you've got you know which camera, makes for good television you've got people around and you've got this you know sort of crowd going along with it and it would be interesting to see if you'd had something small and simple and 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 cameras not obviously present yeah. and seeing how people responded to that like you know people you know, shouting obscenities because they think this is some weirdo, yeah. like, like, sect or cult doing yeah. something. You know, something that showed the smallness or the weakness. That could Well, it's, be... it's showing grandeur, right? And, and, um, anyway. That's... So that's, anyway, that's, that's our, our touchy base. Um, but we should, the, uh, since we've touched on one part of, uh, uh, Dave, oh, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Let's uh, talk about another Andrew Lloyd Webber Bible musical that you also were in. I was. I was in Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. How, do, how does that handle with the nuances of the Joseph story, Rachel? There's a lot of, there's a Calypso band at one point. <laughs> and a, 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 a French cafe dirge. It's a weird musical. It's a weird musical. It's like a weird genre pastiche. Elvis shows up as the pharaoh. Oh, right, because quote-unquote king. Yeah, and the Man. poor guy who was playing the pharaoh and ours did a really good Elvis impersonation, which I think is why he got the part, but oh, right. he couldn't sing. Oh. Or he had no, so, like, he literally had an earpiece, and they were someone was singing 
singing to him in his earpiece so he could do his his part. Nice. Yeah. All right. Okay. I was Ruben's wife for those <laughs> keeping track at home. I thought I were, got you, to, were you like everyone's wife? I was I was told that I was of adjustable height. Okay. Um, being not too short nor not too tall. And I got paired off with a number of different gentlemen as vacation schedules hmm. <laughs> um, dictated over the summer until I finally ended up with Ruben. And um, the perk of being Ruben's wife was I got to ah uh, during One More Angel in Heaven. So, you know. Judas is now giving his soulful lament. Just so everyone knows. It's what is, also what it's, song is Judas singing? Ati, I, it, this is the problem of, of of having the closed captioning on. It's it's I it's it's really hard to say, ladies and gentlemen. What is he singing? I I, I don't I don't really know because I feel like they're 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 taking songs, but I don't know if they're necessarily singing them in the same way. Oh, okay. But he's like in like a broken down factory, or again, there's just. Is this Wake Me Up? It is Wake no! Me Up Inside. Wow. No! Okay. Wow. I, I don't know. I don't. Can, can we go? Can we go anywhere? I, like, I think if we're going to, if we're going to stop this, this might be like, I just, I don't think there's anywhere else we can go. I don't think there's anywhere we can go from here. Oh, I can't. I Judas can't. and Spider-Man. <laughs> I just, I'm done. I'm out. I can't. I can't do it anymore. Oh, Evanescence, you, uh, you have, break us. Have a great Holy Week, everyone. Wake That's, me up when this is over. I need to go. I need, I need like, to go do a Station of the Cross right now. Like, like wash this off of me. Well, you got Compliment in a bit. Yeah. All right. Thank you, every, uh, everyone. Yes. Have an absolutely wonderful uh uh, Easter and and Holy Week and and all that. We'll see you on the other side. We'll see you in yes. What's we'll see you season? on Low Sunday. There we go, Low Sunday. All right, and Easter season, the yes. season of Easter. That's right. Uh, Rachel finally got to wear robes that fit her. I did the red one ones. Day. The the one the robes that fit me in my new parish are the ones we wear twice a year. Yay! I was joking uh, that we. Um, I was joking around before the service that we needed to like move, instead of all the feast days that get pushed off Sundays, yeah. In honor of like the the Sunday lectionary, we just need to bring in more of like the apostles' feast oh. days and stuff like that, and then I can wear the red more often. Nice. I and like on it. that note, there we go. All right, uh, from the world of faith, family, and fandom, in no particular order, geek out, y'all. Wake me up.
enough Stop, I tell myself But I know it's one